This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by Crudforge. Who's Crudforge? Well, you know them better as Incel Riot Studios. It's a rebrand. Uh, Crudforge is our sponsor, and they put out some of the most provocative and funny board games and tabletop card games that you could bring to your table. You know you've heard of Virtue Signal, the game. It is a great card game. Plus, Portland Occupied Zone. It is a take on the shenanigans that were in Portland. Amazing art, quality pieces. Look for a review in an upcoming show. Uh, obviously a show where they are not our sponsor. We played it as a test run, and it was a lot of fun, if you can take that sort of thing lightly. And if you're a Nerd Cognito listener, you can take that sort of thing in stride. Crudforge is a independent board game studio that doesn't always get a fair shake. Can't imagine why with some of the warriors that we have in the board game world, but you should give them a look. Go to shop.crudforge, C-R-U-D-F-O-R-G-E.com and check out their games. You're going to love the art, you're going to love the style, and you're going to love to laugh. Crudforge supports us, you should support them. Something great for your table and a little different with a little laugh. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I, I almost didn't make the beat. I thought I was going to cough up a lung in between. My name is Ryan David. Thank you for tuning in to Nerd Cognito. Please forgive my voice this week. It sounds bad, and that's just because, well... Uh, I'm I'm under the weather, so to speak, for a little bit. So I'm gonna bring my guys right on in. I couldn't do it without my good friends, Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Uh, I've I've been better, and of course, Kyle. Kyle, welcome, welcome. Hey, what's going on? Uh, I I didn't know if I was gonna make it through that intro. <laughs> it's it's been a, a hell of a week. I'm I'm just tired as hell. You know, I, there's nothing I can yeah. do about it. Um. Yeah. Weird chemicals coursing through my veins at full strength twice a year doesn't do good. Uh, how was your week? I had fun on the on the uh, speakeasy, man. Yeah, the speakeasy yesterday. See, I, I almost said on the precognito, but it's it is it is officially the speakeasy. Um, I only remember the first half though, <laughs> and I haven't listened to playback yet. So I'm going to listen well, to playback okay. when we get off the air today. Um, yeah, we'll we only. Uh, both of us only remember the first half, so I guess that's good. Oh, did I do something? <laughs> I hope what? not. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. You remember, I was drinking. Oh shit! Well, <laughs> I wasn't drinking that. Much. I wasn't drinking that much. Bert's going to be on Speakeasy this week. Uh, it's. I'm looking forward to it. Bert's going to make his streaming debut. Uh, how's that make you feel, Bert? Um. Well, it's interesting, but I'll take it. <laughs> well, that's because Kyle is going on a much-needed vacation. Is going to be out of commission for at least a week plus a couple of others. So uh, I'm going to miss you, brother, but you deserve it, man. I know I know you've been running hard for the last couple of months. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I have been. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to get to spend some time with uh, family and stuff. So it's going to be good. I'll just let that one go. <laughs> my, my idea of a vacation is my buddy Mikey from Days Gone By and a trip to Las Vegas. And <laughs> oh, Bert, 
can you imagine what goes on when Mikey and I go to Las Vegas? Oh man, I, I don't even want to picture it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this week uh, on the show, we are going to talk about a situation that's near and dear to your heart, Bert. You are introducing a game to a new group. We're going to let you talk about that when we get into it. And then we're going to dive into the details of what do you do when you have a new group and how do you handle it as not necessarily the GM probably the GM, but also the organizer of that group. How do you make sure that everybody has a good time? Um, and this is going to branch out into everything from what do people actually play? How do you introduce members of the group into the dreaded realm of possibly talking about safety tools <laughs> in case you have some of them and other things like session zero and, and, and good stuff. So we're going to have a fun time on the front end of the show. Then we're going to talk about the news, which is a barn burner, man. But I'll promise there are no anthropomorphic ponies in the news this week. Um, <laughs> Kyle, you can rest easy. <laughs> no ponies. Uh, no ponies. Uh, now, I didn't say there like aren't a, anthropomorphic. Like a mini vacation before the vacation. I didn't say that there weren't anthropomorphic animals, but there aren't ponies this week. And then on the flip yeah. side of the news... Um, a, a little, a little fun time, you know, everybody knows we love our horror jam and everybody knows that we're a bunch of old fucks. So we're going to take a look at a list. Oh boy. And it is the 10 greatest. And I say that because I've already read this list, uh, slasher movies of the 1980s. The eighties certainly were a bounty for the slasher flick. But I wonder yeah. what sort of illicit drugs the author was on when they wrote this list. Uh, we are all going oh, to disagree with it. So, <laughs> oh boy, Bert, it's your game here. Tell everybody what inspired our segment about new groups and how to start up with a new crew of role players. Sure. I uh, out of the blue, I got a call from a buddy of mine that I used to play D and D second edition with in high school. And uh, he was like, Hey, I want to have a game day. Like we did, you know, in high school, would you run a one shot? And I'm like, yeah. So we kicked around the idea. We picked the system. I told him I'd pre-generate all the characters. I'd come up with a module for them to run. Like, and he'd just get the guys together. He, he bought pizza. We hung out at his house and played this game. Everybody had such a great time playing the one shot. Now they want me to turn it into a campaign meeting monthly, once a month, one Saturday a month for the foreseeable future. But I don't know any of these guys other than the guy I went to high school with. So it came up, you know, how do you deal with a group that some of them have played in other systems? Some of them haven't played at all. How do you deal with a, a mixed group of players that are new to you when you're going to have to run a session for them for the foreseeable future? Right. No, I understand. And it is a conflict for some folks. You know, a lot of folks aren't fortunate to have a core stable group for a long, long time. I got to ask, what what system was the one shot in so that I can make fun of it? Fallout. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not going to make fun of it. Uh, um, <laughs> Kyle, what's your yes. knee jerk reaction when you hear that question? How do you deal with a brand new group? Oh, God. 
<laughs> don't do it. <laughs> um, no, seriously. Um, I would. I don't want to call it a session zero because the connotations of that are just ridiculous. Um, you know, uh, people have this concept in their mind of what that means. But I think it's good to have a bit of a maybe an informational meeting, you know. Yeah, session zero is loaded yes. now, right? Yeah, I mean, you got you got to set some expectations, right? I mean, you don't. It's just like you know, Bert says, I don't know any of these any of these people, so I think it's I think it's worthwhile to at least, if nothing else, put out an email or or a group message or something and say, hey, you know, I know you're interested in this. I'm flattered. Be aware that this is my style. XXX. And then, you know, these are some of the things that could potentially come up. XXX. We start on date, whatever. Hope to see you there. See, I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's generous, man. That. That's even more than I would give. Right. Uh, I would say, hey, you know, this is what it is. You're welcome to talk to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so that have played with me before. Uh, I don't right. pull any punches. And I'm not going to softball anything for you, period, end of story. I'm not going to say it could contain. I'm not going to say send me your consent checklist. I'm not going to say get your X cards ready. I I'm going to say this is what it is because if I need to show someone the door at a session, I'm going to do it. Now, Bert, you're far too kind to do that, and I know this, <laughs> right? Um, what was your approach with with well, all of these new folks plus your old buddy? Well, I mean, the first thing that I, I thought about was uh, if we're going to turn a one shot into a campaign, these are all characters that I made that everybody played that they loved. So I thought the first thing that would probably be best to do is to get everybody together um, for like a character building session and that I could put in you know, some things about the world and what to expect, give them sort of a little bit of like a capsule view of the world that these characters live in and a little bit about my play style. Now, um, even that I'm not sure is um, going to work out exactly the way I want because two or three of the the guys have asked if they could just keep the pre-gen characters that I made as their character. And there's nothing they wrong like the with that, they right? They, they developed and made that character their own. So I, I say good for them. That That is a positive sign in my mind. No, Kyle? Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It means you did a great job, right? Yeah. They, they like yeah. your setting. They took a generic pre-gen character. They inserted their own flavor into that character. I, uh, yeah. that, that is an attaboy, Bert. That's a good sign. <laughs> well, I mean, they're all gung-ho about it. They're like, oh, we got one more buddy who might join us. That'll give us a table of five, uh, which is not an unreasonable group to run. No, not that's at all. Good, that's a good number. Uh, that's a perfect number, and it lets you, especially with some folks you said that have not played before and maybe were able to get hooked in because of Fallout, maybe after this campaign, you know, you can slide them a little OSE and see what's going down because this could be a great gateway for them. Now, Right, because uh -huh. Fallout has a lot of that sort of crunchy, nitty-gritty survival mechanics and stuff like that. Like, it's a lot tougher than... 
um, you know, than, than like a softball story system. So for them to guys who have never played before to want to jump into that, I was like, I'm all for it. No, that's that's absolutely excellent. Honest, honest answer. Any sparkle trolls hiding under the blankets in that group? <laughs> Not that I could see. I mean, they took the characters as written and they just gave them, you know, they gave them. I, I was like, you give them a name, you give them, you know, you tell me about their personality. Nobody came out with like, you know, a 10 page backstory or like anything weird they just kind of thought about it looked at the character saw what they could do and moved on instant litmus test for you for next session and i'll give it to you for free you can insert it wherever you want it's three words maybe two depending on how you spell the first one and it's super mutant rape and if you if they (laughs) if they pass that (laughs) then you've got a group my friend (laughs) well i mean the first module had super mutant cannibalism so well that you're on you're on the road to a possible bright future with this group <laughs> kyle yeah. um yeah that sounds good right yeah i mean it does sound good i think you know my litmus test would be i'd be looking for people who were taking parts of the game and doing like a comparison to real world uh socio-political things it's fallout that, though. You understand that's really, what I'm saying? I, no, I hear what you're saying, but that that's that's a I mean, lot that's of a connecting the dots. When you, <laughs> yeah, well, when you when you start, you know, when when you when you're doing an adventure, you know, once granted, I don't play Fallout really. I you know, I'm more fantasy games. But the first time somebody starts talking about colonialism, <laughs> you're done. Well, this is an imperialistic <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're we're invading mean, their space. We're taking their resources. We're the bad guy. You're out. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than um, other than uh, some questions about the rules, uh, because they have never played before. How do I do this? What do I need to roll? Like right. mechanical stuff. The only thing that came up was that um, Fallout doesn't have a mechanic for targeting an opponent's weapon. Well, so, sort uh, of. Was, you could target the like, arm that's holding the weapon, right? Right, and that's that. And once I explained it that way, I was like, "You can target the arm that's holding that weapon. If you do enough damage, they'll drop it." The reason that I think they don't have a mechanic for targeting the weapon is you're scavenging to survive. If you can get that weapon, you can either use it or sell it, and it's a resource for you. So you don't want to destroy something that you view as a resource, and that. And that kind of went away after that. They were like, okay, so target the arm, see if I can do enough damage to make him drop it, and then, you know, I can sell it at the next town or whatever. How did 2D20 go over with a bunch of noobs? Because that's that's a system that takes some getting used to. Right. Yeah. We had a couple of guys who were um, who had played things like D&D, and they couldn't get used to rolling low at, initially. Right. Like the first roll the guy had, he's like, I got a 20 and a 19, and I'm like, that, that's terrible. You're fucked. Like, <laughs> that's like, a failure. That, I was like, that's a failure and a complication. He goes, oh, right, low, low rolling. But they love the idea that you could add a ability score to a skill, and that's your target number. You always had the same initiative. You didn't have to have, like, um, your roles were mainly 
attack and skill base, you didn't need a hundred fiddly little rolls to make things work. And it sounds like they took that in stride too. Plus, you know, you have experience running that system now. We worked out all of the bugs for you. So they, they're getting all the benefits from our table. God damn it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Now, well, it sounds like it, it worked, worked out really well. And you might have a group. Now, you know, I don't know. And this is something completely out of game that is always the X factor. And that is level of commitment for the players, right? If you've got a group that is even half new, you're running the risk of six-session syndrome, right? After those first right. five or six sessions, who's still going to be coming to the table? And that's something you really can't control other than saying, look, we're at a point where I'm going to be developing a world if you know right now that you can honestly look me in the eye and not commit to this then this might not be the group for you. And it's not because I'm being an ass. It's because everybody's good time rests on people coming to the party. Yeah, it's a, my take on that is, you know, you're, you're talking about a once a month game, Bert, which means six sessions is six months, right? Right. And we all know that sometimes real life gets in the way of things and people in this day and age, especially have short attention spans and they, they lose interest. The, the flip side of that is you've got some really good indication because your players asked for this, which suggests that they're at least as of right now, there's a level of commitment that they want to make, you know, and that was, and that was of their own, uh, you know, their own, their own decision, their own choice. So, you know, hopefully it'll work out for you. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that it will, too. Like I said, uh, originally this was just, hey, get a game day together, you know, hang out with my buddy, eat some pizza, have a couple of beers, and just goof off for the day. But, you know, people jumped in with both feet and loved it. So, as uh, you know, I was like, I can take on one more game group. Absolutely, especially if, if you turn some some quality folks to the hobby because God knows we need an influx of quality folks in the hobby. Kyle, final word. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just curious, how long do your sessions usually last for? How long did the first one shot go uh, in particular? The first shot was 10 to 4 with a break for pizza lunch. Six so hours. Six-hour okay. session. That's not bad. Okay. That's not bad for, especially looking at a one shot, because you need enough time to have the whole exposition and closure. So, um, no, I, right. I, I think... That's good. You know, there are a lot of folks out there that I think would crave something like that. So, um, hey, news is in. You did a excellent job and you'll have to keep us posted down the road here. You know, let us know what what they're doing real quick. What is their group makeup? Oh, OK. So we've got a super mutant, a Yay. Mr. Uh, uh, a, a uh, Mr. Nurse, a medical robot. We've got a Mr. Gutsy, we've got a Vault Survivor, and we have a Ghoul. Aha. Well, that's that's just about as interesting as a party as ours is when we're <laughs> running around the wasteland. So, right. Uh, well, you know, good, good stuff. And I think a good conversation for folks that might be 
looking at a situation where, hey, there is this new group. It's people that I don't know, and we got to make sure expectations all the way around, both in-game and out-of-game, are, 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 I guess, met on both ends, if that makes sense. So it's that time, boys. It, I, I, it held back a long time. It, it was said. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's, What's in the news this week, Ryan? Oh, let's see what we got. Um, I'll start out with one following up on Pony Finder, just for Kyle. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, I promise. I promised you no, no ponies, but I didn't say anything no about ponies. ducks or birds. <laughs> <clears throat> what? Oh, oh, okay. All right. Let's Quote. Do it. DuckTales-inspired tabletop role-playing game sees players soaring high on avian adventures. <laughs> what? Uh, a tabletop role-playing game inspired by the Disney series DuckTales has your players creating and controlling cartooned birds. God. Uh, it's called Feathered Adventures. It is hmm. an upcoming... Bert's, Bert's like, yes, I'll run this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, role-playing games with cartoon physics can be really interesting and really fun to play. Um, I've been in a few of them, and uh, so, I, you know, I'm not adverse to hearing more. <laughs> uh, well, it's borrowing a concept of stories that you apply to your anthropomorphic cartoon birds. And uh, a little dose of what the creators call comedy. But um, <laughs> what the creators call comedy. That's a good way of saying it. I, I think that once you peel away the cuteness from the surface, what you have is a GMless story game where you run around as a fucking duck. <sighs> Damn it, Bert. Why? Why has everybody got to be a freaking animal now? What is up with the with the world of the furry or the or the feathered? We were talking about this on the speak. It's yeah, it's a thing. I didn't God. know it was a thing. I mean, I've played in, you know, there've always been you know weird races. Normally they were mostly reptilian, but I can think of a couple of D and D races that were bird people. All right, well, to start don't with. don't even. I won't even let you go even to fifth edition because. There is no parallel. I'll just read through some of the bullet points on the developer's hit sheet, right? So these are not my words. Diceless game mechanics. It's always up to the players to decide whether they succeed or fail. Oh, my God. <laughs> that that could be problematic depending on your group because there are people who will never fail, never choose to fail willingly. A guide to personalize different characters and adventure types. Remember, we're talking about ducks. Advice on how to handle the pace of an adventures and extras for interacting with the main characters. Hmm. I mean, the fact that they call them extras instead of NPCs makes me think that this is like a scene-based dynamic game. A guide to personalize different characters and adventure types in the short campaign. Uh, <laughs> short campaign. Yeah, the real short campaign. Like it like it never happened. 
feeling frisky a guide for getting it on as a duck in our adventure i made that one up i made that one up i made that okay okay oh you made that up okay thank god i mean because i I totally believed it i i I know you did um So, characters are defined by answering, I'm not making this part up, a series of queries about them. For instance, what do they do when they get angry, or who is their best friend? They also have a specific (laughs) mechanic to ensure them a total success in their actions. They also each have a specific mechanic to ensure them total success in their actions. Wow. Well, I mean... If, if success is a foregone conclusion, where's the fun of the game? I mean, part of it is, you know, having characters fail and recover, learn from failures, you know, improve and grow like that. Uh, you know, if you're always successful, that makes things a lot more difficult, especially for an ongoing game. Even a even a short campaign could get dull pretty quickly. <laughs> It gets even better, guys. Apart from these two mechanical details, so asking a series of questions, hopefully not to offend someone, and you've gone through your consent checklist before you ask those questions because someone Uh. at the table might not like if your goose lays an egg. Um, (laughs) And having a mechanic that you can always win at, quote, the rest of the game is almost entirely concerned with free-form narration. Get yeah, fucked. Get fucked. Where I mean, I I've played freeform uh, narration games before, and they can be fun if they're. But there has to be some sort of random element or some sort of opposing factor that you know. I'm not saying that games have to have conflict, but there has to be some sort of growth or some sort of you know opportunity there, rather than just you know, sitting around talking. Oh, yeah, you know, there's there's lots of growth. You can play The Case of the Lazy Gardener, <laughs> which is one of the, the, the pre-generated narrations. You are a platypus wizard, but you're not very good at it, is another conversation starter. Uh, no, I'm really it, good at it because I never fail. <laughs> Uh, I mean, is it is it meant for like a, a, a hearing about the no? Just it's the modules not for that you children. It? It's not for. I was going to say, is it meant for a younger audience or for hmm. fifteen dollars digital with a print version coming? They could send me fifteen dollars and the game, and I still wouldn't touch it. I kind of want to buy the print version. <laughs> just and play it. No. No, to have it and mock it. It (laughs) Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Here's the thing. The art is good. This could have been okay. And here's the difference between, you know, we we had a lot of feedback last week when we had David Silver on and Pony Finder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I respect that Pony Finder at least is a regimented game. This is not. Um, yeah, 32 bucks if you want the book, which is coming soon-ish, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. 
Speaking of books, numbers are out for Wizards of the Coast. Uh-oh. Yeah. You know, I I need some sort of um, hitbox sound effect from from now on for when we we have Wizards of the Coast. So. I'm going to throw it out there to the audience. If you have the perfect sound effect that should play every time we reference Wizards of the Coast, or most of the times, uh, email us, nerdcognitopodcast at gmail.com, and send us your suggestions. Who knows? Your sound might be on the air next week. But, uh, yeah, 5th edition core rule books, not selling so hot, boys. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Not only that, but hot on the heels of the announcement that their sales are, well, to be generous, in the toilets. Right. The average discount at mass market retail. You know, they wanted into big box so bad. Well, they got there now. The average discount is 66% off. That is two-thirds. Wow. That's... I mean, if you're a company producing a product, that's got to be, you know, a gut punch. Right now, if someone wanted to get into 5th edition, you could buy the Trinity, the PHB, the Monster Manual, and the DMG for less than 60, 70 bucks. That's crazy. And that makes me wonder what the what the hell their original margins were. If they can discount it that deeply... And is it still profitable or are they losing on every sale at this point? I can tell you for a small local friendly gaming store, the prices that I'm looking at right now on the big bad Amazon are less than that gaming store paid. The monster manual right now is $16. The PHB and wow. the DMG are right around twenty-five, right? Uh, so, do you think this? Yeah, do you think this ties into the fact that they're basically moving towards uh, fully digital in the future anyway? And the physical—I mean, we all know that physical books, one hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, it seems to appear that physical books are going away anyhow, so they're just kind of dumping they're, inventory. They're blowing inventory, man. They are blowing inventory. Yeah. And then the physical books are now going to be at that price point, $69.99, where they could mm-hmm. almost be print-on-demand. Right? Mm. Almost. Like, it's not going to be a POD model, but it's going to be Wizards ain't going to run right. 50000 They might run right. 5000 Because right. now, at that price point, it can support the smaller runs. Um, right. Not a good sign. Unfortunately, you know, big picture, it's a positive sign for Hasbro's stock. You know, I've I've been down on Hasbro's stock and looking at it from the corporate perspective for about a year and a half now. And I've I've been very open about the fact that, you know, there were opportunities to make some money through shorting it, but I legitimately believe that the way they are restructuring their inventory and their debt, they're going to have a positive quarter. And if they have a positive quarter, that's going to bless everything that happened at Wizards. And that's Hmm. dangerous. That's dangerous. Yeah. I don't know. It's real dangerous, actually. Yeah. So if you want to be a sparkle troll... Uh, have at it. You can get your books at a super deep discount 
on Big Bad Amazon. Hey, if you're going to shop Amazon, click on our link in the show description. <laughs> you can buy these books at a great discount, and we'll get like a nickel a book, uh, and it'll help support yeah. the show. So uh, if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, if you use our link, it is an absolutely free way that you can support Nerd Cognito because uh, we get a cut, and usually it's it ain't a lot, guys, but it helps. It helps. Every penny helps. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get a nickel, and Wizards of the Coast will get a nickel. And yeah, it, it. it's almost going to be a, uh, an even split if you look at that. No, you, <laughs> <laughs> even for Amazon to sell that uh, monster manual at sixteen bucks, I question if if they're under their break even. That has to be. Uh, they have to be in the red on that. They they have to be even with their buying I power. I would think so. I would think so. And and if not, they're they're super close. And if you factor in warehousing and costs of goods like staff, they're absolutely in the red of it. So you know right. they might not yeah. physically be in the red. They might get the book for like seven fifty, but as soon as a human being had to touch it, that book's cost went dramatically through the roof for Amazon. So hmm. yeah. don't know. Plus, you know they got to ship it. They got to put their trucks on the road with their slave labor. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Kyle, how much of an alien universe fan are you? Bert and I have talked about it extensively in the past, but I don't think we've talked xenomorph since you've been on the show, have we? I don't recall having done so. No. What, what's your I don't take? We have on 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 the good critter from. Uh, LV to 426. <laughs> uh, I, I love that universe. Uh, you know, the the Ridley Scott movie, the very first one, is an amazing film, an absolutely amazing film, in my opinion. And I don't know, I like to call it hard sci-fi, even though technically it may not be. Um, the sequel was good, uh, James Cameron Aliens. It was really, really good, it was, but it, became more of an action movie instead of the instead of the sort of horror kind right. of thing right no um, without a doubt uh, the first one was horror the second one was action horror so right, right. and then so one of the, i actually re-watched aliens not too long ago and to be quite honest i mean it's still a good movie it's a little a little cheesy in places where it wasn't at the time you really? Know. Like where? Yeah. Well, okay. The the spoiler alert for a thirty year old movie <laughs> or whatever. Uh, 40 years old, however long it's been. Um, you know, at the at the end, you know, where she she gets in the uh, the the uh, loader contraption, yeah. and you know, you know, get your hands off her, you bitch, you know, or whatever. And just, okay, I mean, you know, let's it's a little. Uh, a little cringy, a little cringy now, maybe. You oh, know? That, that's 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 marquee quotable quote. <laughs> I, I disagree <laughs> with you. <laughs> no, no, it's it was you know I watched it and it was fun, but I was just kind of like, man, okay, this is yeah, that's it's the eighties. It's the eighties. No, it, it was the eighties, and then uh, how everybody hates them. But what's your take on the? covenants and uh what's the other right. one prometheus thank you and prometheus yeah. is actually the one that i enjoyed more than covenant but me, um me too me too um i i did i didn't particularly care for either one 
And I think a lot of it was for me, it was just disjointed as all hell. Right. It was like some, it was, it was like this postmodern art film set in the alien universe or something. I don't know how, how to describe it. It was just, it was, it was, to be honest, it was just fucking confusing. Right. The first 45 minutes of Prometheus were great. It really was. Yes. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't. Yeah. And then it, it just lost its way and it continued to lose its way. And then they did the whole thing with David in Covenant. Uh, it was, you know, well, um, we have two new alien properties coming. One is another movie uh, that's going to be coming next year. So there's so little okay. out about it right now that, that I don't even want to get there. But closer on the horizon is the Alien series. And it seemed to have survived the writer's strike and now the, the actor's strike, right? And it is not one of the shows that got chopped by FX. So, um, I am, I am interested to see how this plays out. Um, the, the series has a lot of little bits that have trickled out, not anything, um, that is earth shattering, but enough to sort of wet the appetite. Um, the cast of the series. So let's start off okay. with uh, the main female protagonist is Essie Davis, who was the star of the terrible horror film, The Babadook. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, and Bert laughs because I've shit on The Babadook for years. <laughs> um, Alex Lothar. From End of the Fucking World and Black Mirror is also in it. And Sam Blanken. So it is a younger cast with the exception of S.C. Davis. Um, There's no trailer just quite yet. But we know that the plot that has leaked out so far allegedly puts the show on Earth. So, um, I think that that opens up a lot of opportunity and that makes me wonder, did Burke succeed after all? (laughs) Well, oh man, but that, yeah, it opens up a lot of opportunity for the show, but it also opens up the possibility of absolute crap. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to do, you're, they're going to have to do that. Right. They're going to have to do that. Right. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a fine line to walk. I mean, that you're, you've got horror elements mixed with drama that always can be a little bit iffy, yeah. but it, but if done well, it can be amazing. So the other thing you have to remember now is the alien queen is now a Disney princess and that, plays a factor i think in production mm-hmm. so um mm-hmm. we'll have to see i i hope that they don't disappoint so does that mean I, we're going to see the alien queen at the theme park soon you know wouldn't that children be great and, i mean yeah you know imagine if if the disney imagineers 
were let off of their leash and those engineering bastards could do something with Alien that was terrifying, imagine how cool mm-hmm. that would be at Magic Kingdom. Like you get into the the rover and you just drive right into Hadley's Hope and holy shit, that would be amazing. <laughs> I, I actually probably would pay for that. I, uh, <laughs> that might get me in the Disney park. That might, but yeah. that's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> we talked about earlier this week on the speakeasy, Kyle, how, you know, we were, I was saying, Oh, did you ever play final fantasy? And you're like, no, I played like stealth games. Well, mm-hmm. where did metal gear solid fall on your list? Oh, I love Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid. Well, you should get your ass on to Backer Kit right now before they sell out because the Metal Gear Solid board game produced by Cool Mini or not is taking late pledges for 100 bucks, And really? it looks pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Um, In Metal Gear Solid, the board game, it's a game for one to four where you play through a 14-mission campaign. Playable characters include Solid Snake, Meryl, Gray Fox, and it's uh, interesting because it's a stealth game, and they enlisted Emerson Matsuchi, who Bert knows was one of the creators of Spectre Ops, which was one of the greatest hidden movement games to come out in the last 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I would put that one right up there. I mean, we played it a few times, and it's always a fun time. Yeah, so they, I would assume, have taken a lot of the stealth elements, which people were kind of questioning, how do you translate this to a board game? And there's your answer. Because Spectre Ops rewrote the script for stealth working well with combat. Mm-hmm. Um, combat comes directly from inspiration from the original Metal Gear Solid. If you move quickly, you generate noise. You give up your position. Uh, you can set ambushes. Uh, it looks really good. Of course, it's come on. So the miniatures look nice if you're into miniatures. Uh, the production miniatures that they're showing, of course, are beautifully painted. But even without that, um, you could have a really, really good time. Uh, they are taking limited pre-orders. They are going to close them when they fill their production cap. It's a hundred bucks, and then you wait until May 2024 when it shows up on your doorstep. So. <laughs> Uh, it's, are you buying that? It's tempting. It's really tempting. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want to, I don't know. Oh, I want to buy it. I want to buy it. There's, (laughs) there's pre-order exclusive miniatures. Um, it looks nice. It looks nice. Let me, uh, shoot you the link so you guys can see this. They got the cardboard box. They do. They have the cardboard box. One of the best items in the game. <laughs> yep. So this, uh, it, it almost looks like the book is like a graphic novel, the campaign book, right? Yeah, the, the game book has the setup for the map, right? And then they have the scenario, and then they have a front-end graphic novel-style 
narrative. And then when you resolve the scenario, there's another, there's an exposition and, and a conclusion for that narrative. This game looks really good. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, it does, actually. Minis for people to paint. The, um, <laughs> or, not paint. Uh, or not paint. Or not paint. paint. Or not paint. Uh, it looks really good. And apparently it's 10 bucks off right now. I don't know if that's going to stick around. But even at $110 plus probably 30 or 40 bucks to ship it. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, it looks really good. Going to have to think on it. I know. So am I. So am I. But not too long. Not too long, I guess. No, because once the pre-orders are gone, they're gone. So, um, yeah. this, this is their totally marketing to the fear of missing out. And good for them. Right. They they do it very well. It's really immersive for, for a board game and for a game book. We, we sometimes like to crap on game book games. But this one looks good. Here Here's the only thing that has me not pulling the trigger right now. It's a 14-mission game, which means that there is definitely a start and a finish for this game. Now, that doesn't mean that the gameplay is not going to be different every time, but how many opportunities, if you really get into this game with your table, are you going to have to to play through it? Of course, most tables, if you play through a board game 14 times, you're doing pretty darn good. So, (laughs) Yeah. Now, Metal Gear yeah. Solid, the board game. Think about it. And I will. Let me know if you pick it up, because if you do, I might not. <laughs> but I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very tempted right now. Uh, last but not least, uh, new Lovecraftian tabletop role playing game. Well, a new old one is coming out. And uh, the folks over at black armada yes thank you my brain stopped black armada (laughs) are re-releasing lovecraft-esque which is a gm-less tabletop game that is very different than the gm-less game that we opened the news with now uh, i guess we should preface it that the creators do embrace some sparkle troll philosophy is that a mm-hmm. fair way to say it, Kyle? I think so. But they're not all in your face with it, which makes it a little more okay for me. You know, they're not screaming at you about the stuff. And in fact, everything that's related to that end of the philosophy, and I'm prefacing this because I'm going to talk very positively about what I've seen in the game later. Everything that is Sparkle Troll-ish is limited to their blog and does not appear to be present in the game. And that's okay Hmm. because I have my political beliefs, right? And I think people can probably accurately predict where I would fall on an issue, but it won't be present in my game. So I'm kind of in this weird spot because I really wanted to talk about this. But I know that there are some red flags for some folks with this game. Yeah, um, they seem to be doing a really good job of uh, professionally 
keeping the politics separate from their product, as far as I can tell. Right. And they address um, all of the, the normal wokey talking points. But again, mm-hmm. it's addressed outside of the game personally at their blog level. Like the, the one developer was saying, you know, I had to find a way to come to terms with Lovecraft's racism, you, you know, stuff like that. And great, right. you did it. It's not in the game. It's a very yeah. fresh perspective on cosmic horror, right? And it takes the beauty of Lovecraft and adapting it into a collective experience for players that I think worked out much better than fucking (laughs) ducktails. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a jamless story game, right? Effectively. Yes. It's a, it's a horror game, right? Right. The players tell their story and take control of a cast of characters and react to events of cosmic doom it looks really good the second edition is the new version of the tabletop role-playing game and one that the developers really wanted and that's a quote really wanted to release when the original one was first conceived but were unable to do so because of the financial risk involved you know they're small independent studio so they also are saying hey you know we did our test balloon which I like because it shows that they have some fucking business sense too. And this is, you know, I don't want to say the ultimate, but probably their penultimate version of the story. This edition of Lovecraft-esque will feature hundreds of different prompts to guide players through the story. It has scenarios. And there's a solo mode if you're down with that sort of thing. Okay. The... Second edition is going to hit backer kit in October. And I can tell you that at least for now, unless something incredibly ridiculous happens, which has happened, I'm looking at you, Coyote and Crow, I'm going to back <laughs> this game. So, uh-huh. no, I, I, I really want a good group tabletop game that does Lovecraft right. And I know people, what about Call of Cthulhu? Yeah, you can play Call of Cthulhu, but the mechanics suck, right? I hate the mechanics of Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, Um, they're not great. Lovecraft lends itself to the story game very well. Uh And uh, this looks good. There's going to be cards to supplement it. Um... New artwork. I don't know, man. It, it looks good. It looks good. It does look good, but I don't know. Or you know, are we hiding the pill and the sausage to feed the dog here? You know what I mean? I do. I don't know. As somebody who's gone insane or died playing Call of Cthulhu a dozen times in my life, a different experience might be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to give them a shot. Right. Before the show, here, uh, we'll we'll pull back the curtain. Before the show, I said, I want to talk about this game. But, and I had the same reservations that I told everybody here. And all of us looked at the materials and looked at the creators individually on Twitter and really dug in because I don't want to fall in love with a game that's made by people that hate me. Right, yeah, that's 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And even if I fall in love with a game by people that hate me, that's made by people that hate me, I don't want to fall in love with a game that's made by people that hate me that tell me that they hate me, right? Mm. I, I want it to be the way politics used to be. You don't talk about them. You don't. We're allowed right. to disagree. Bert and I are going to vote very differently on every election and on almost every item that there's an action item for. And that is okay. That's okay. We're allowed. And Bert doesn't yeah. tell me with a finger waggling what I need to do, nor do I do that to him. Right. I want to <laughs> like this game. So maybe I should reach out. Maybe I should see if they want to want to have a little chat with us. Couldn't hurt. It, it couldn't. Um, I don't know that uh, it will be received well, but, you know, sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. Huh? <sighs> Regardless. Worst, th worst thing they can do is say nope. Right. And that's okay, too. And even if they say nope, I still want to love their game as long as they yeah. allow me to keep loving it. I love I love good Lovecraft stuff. I love good Eldritch and Cosmic Horror. So yeah, it's yeah. I mean yeah, it's it looks good. I mean, it does look good. It does. It does. You know what else looks good? It looks What's great that? when I get an email that says that we have a check mark hero. Okay, so here's here's the deal, right? Our friend Sin, you know him on X. The website formerly known as Twitter, at Cinemander, C-Y-N-N-A-M-A-N-D-E-R, has thrown his hat in the ring and sponsored the Checkmark Hero from now through October. Wow. So, Sin, I'm going to do my best to remember your mention every week. <laughs> You'll forgive me if I don't. But this is a huge tip of the hat. He's made sure that the ladies on Nerd Cognito, who, by the way, were on a fucking tirade while I was in the hospital. <laughs> I don't know if you followed them. And if you don't, you should follow them at Nerd Cognito. They were on one <laughs> this week. Uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. But you definitely want to follow them. Follow Cinemander. Um, the checkmark hero is eight bucks that guarantees that those ladies still have their blue checkmark. That is critically important, and we cannot thank Sin enough for stepping up and doing multiple back to back to back months. We got like the this club of folks that are that are like heavy hitter checkmark heroes that that we really love. You know, Doc Jones, Matt Barninger, Cinnamander, you're now in the club. C congratulations, my friends. So thank you so much for being a Checkmark Hero. If you want to be a Checkmark Hero, well, you're looking at November, <laughs> but you can do it. Go to nerdcognito.com. If you've got eight bucks, click on the link, send the eight dollar, and you will be November's Checkmark Hero. We were going to talk about the 10 greatest slasher movies of all time. But as I look at the TikTok and my my Disney alien queen wristwatch, um, <laughs> we're already coming up on our time, my friends. Uh -huh. I think because we have an interesting situation. So here, Nerd Cognito 
you know, we, we go hard year round, but every once in a while, some times pop up where life can maybe get in the way. Kyle has a vacation coming up. I have, I'm not using the word vacation, a trip where I have to go and uh, make sure that all is well with my aging folks. Um, so I'm going to be out of town. Bert is going to be out of town. And all of this is happening over the course of the next three to five weeks. So I am proposing, gentlemen, if it's not terrible for you, that we talk about these 10 greatest <laughs> slasher movies in a separate segment that we might be able to weave in with a best of segment for one of the weeks that we're off. How does that sound? I think it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that would work. I guess now I should tell people to do the things we already alluded to following the ladies on Twitter, but we've got an even bigger and better thing we now are proudly presenting the Saturday Speak Easy, which is Nerd Cognito's first step into the video world. Um, Kyle and I, and soon to be Bert, uh, are, are meeting up and talking. No format, no script, no agenda, no idea what's going to come up in the conversation. It's just <laughs> sitting around and talking about whatever and whenever. The only predictable thing is we can take a little bit of time and laugh at some of the stuff that was posted on X by the ladies at the Nerd Cognito Twitter team. Um, everything yep. else is, is, is completely off the cuff, and uh, who, who knows what, what's going to come up. That's the Saturday Speakeasy. It streams on X slash Twitter, and we are now developing our NerdCognito Rumble channel. So if you are on the Rumble, please go right now to rumble.com and follow our Rumble channel. So it's rumble.com slash C slash NerdCognito, right? And that is where you can not only have access to the live stream in another place, but you can see back episodes, well, see, you can listen to back episodes of this show, The Granddaddy, Nerd Cognito, albeit they're on a little bit of a delay. If you want to still stay topical, you got to follow us on the podcast provider of your choice, which is the second thing that I need you all to do. Go to wherever you're listening to us, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, whatever, and make sure that you are subscribed. And then the last thing that I want you to do is tell somebody about it on your social media. Say, hey, listen to these three jerks. I think you might enjoy it. So... Um, that is the three things. Subscribe to our new video channel at Rumble. Make sure that you're subscribed at the podcast provider of your choice. And tell a friend. Tell a friend. All right, <laughs> boys. I think uh, we better take this one home. We'll talk after we close out the show about those slasher movies and those of you that were really looking forward to it well just stay tuned it's going to come up either next week or the week after on a fun fun segment where we resurrect a segment from the dark ages of nerd cognito and we'll we'll stick this in there for you too all right then uh 
with that being said, we will bid you adieu. My name is Ryan David. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Remember, keep an eye on the Nerd Cognito Twitter for all of the updates and to see things that we're going to talk about. But we appreciate you listening and subscribing more than anything else. Can't wait to talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. Nerd! Fuck a duck. Ha, ha, ha.